Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner Podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. The following is an interview with Tate Shinbine. Tate competed for Union City High School, where he was twice All-State in, tr- in cross-country, finishing fifth his junior year and 11th his senior year, and once All-State in track his junior year, finishing fourth in the 3200. Upon graduation, Tate joined the Boilermakers of Purdue. Tate competed many times for Purdue at Big Ten Championships and NCAA prelims, accomplishing PRs of 1439 in the 5K and 906 in the 3K steeple. Tate is now living and working in Portland, Oregon for Lululemon in their wear testing and product experience department. He's also still training seriously and has run 14.06 over 5K since graduating from Purdue. Tate is a super genuine, easy-to-talk-to guy. His passion and commitment to the sport are very evident. During this conversation, we cover Tate's introduction to the sport, his early success, balancing basketball and training, running in Footsom's class, making the decision to go to Purdue, where his life and career have gone with running, and much more. Thank you all for listening to and supporting this podcast. As always, I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Tate Shinbine. Tate, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? Good, good, Josh. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How uh, how's your spring kicking off? Oh man, I wish it was a little better. I'm a little banged up right now. I've been having some planner issues, but yeah. hey, I mean, I'm out in Portland, Oregon. Sun's finally starting to come out. The rain's stopping, so life's getting better. <laughs> there we go. So, are you still like training pretty seriously, or? Yeah, I, I'd say so. Um, this past year has been probably the the most difficult year of my running career over the last 20 years. Uh, I've pretty much been hurt since last May, uh, dealing with some planner stuff on both feet. Uh, but yeah, up until that point, been training as about as hard as you can post-college, having a full-time job. But yeah. you know, you can still get after it. Dang. Have you been dealing with those issues like off and on for a while or is it something new? came literally out of nowhere uh, back in May. I, I ran the Cherry Blossom 10-miler in D.C. last April. Beautiful event. Um, in, insane, uh, especially when the Cherry Blossoms are, are in full bloom. Uh, and then had some downtime, went to Flagstaff to train a little bit, came back, uh, ran a 5K at Oregon State. Uh, and then the next weekend, something tore like in my planner in my next race. And I had it was the first race I've ever dropped out of on the track. Uh, back in May so that was like kind of disappointing but yeah yeah it's it's been a rough ride the last year but looking forward to uh the healthy running days here soon hopefully yeah are you trending up you yeah I, I mean a little bit a little bit had an eight mile tempo this weekend so Dang. get get back after it but I mean right now the the whole focus is just get healthy get a good summer in and hopefully qualify for the marathon trials this fall dang okay that'd be yeah. awesome yeah, cool. a lot of fun. Go down to Orlando. So yeah, all right. So we kick off each interview with a little tear talk. Uh, this isn't like traditional tear talk. It's more of like a icebreaker kind of question. But the question is, what are the top three things on your bucket list? Uh, do you want me to start, or do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, you go for it. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, number three, since it is a running podcast after all, is to watch the Olympics in person um i think it'd be cool because it's i think it's in la right in 2028 yep Yep. paris 24 la 28 okay so i think that'd be sweet to make the trip out there 
always watch at least a day. You have, you have to. I know. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. Mine American. Yeah. Um, number two, super random, but I'm a big fan of comedy, and I think it'd be fun to like one day like perform a, a stand up set. I could just go to like some random like open mic and just lay down some jokes. Well, you, you had to go to New York City and, and do some stand up there. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a little intimidating. Move on up. <laughs> yeah, just go straight for the big leagues. So that'd be that's number two, and the number one um, is to own a lake house. So that's kind of like a more okay. life, big life goal. I think like it'd be cool. I don't know, lake houses are just cool to like bring people, family, friends together. Um, even if I don't own it like outright, if like split it with my sisters or yeah. something, it's just like oh, yeah. a cool thing to like bring people together. Yeah, super relaxing, nice community gathering. I get it. Yeah, for sure. So those, um, those are my three. Right on. Actually, one of mine is pretty similar. Um, it is to own a house, uh, but either I want to build the house uh, like from my bare hands, like from scratch, so oh. either you know completely build my own house and live in it, or buy a house and renovate it from top to bottom completely. Um, so one of those two. Uh, and then I, I guess kind of going along yours with the Olympics in person, like I for sure want to do that. I know I will do that. A lot of my trips recently uh, has been like, oh, I'm going to go travel either either to watch a race or to run a race and then just make a vacation out of it. Oh, there you go. A week after. Um, so being able to do a trip like that every year, you know, next year, Paris coming up, I'll probably go over there for like two weeks, see a couple of days of the Olympics, not just track and field though. It's like, I want to see tennis. I want to see sand volleyball. I want to yeah. see basketball, like everything. Um, so getting after that too. And then the last thing I'm scared, like shitless of, of heights. Like, I mean, I can do, I can do a roller coaster. I don't get scared when I'm in a big building, but uh -huh. skydiving. Okay. I'm waiting to find out, you know, if I ever have like cancer or a terminal illness, <laughs> I'm just like, all right, time to go skydiving, do it right now. There's no parachute. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'd still want a parachute. Okay. But that's, that's the instance where I'm like, well, that's, it's my time to skydive now. So <laughs> what's <laughs> right. the worst thing that could happen? Right. Right. That's hilarious. Uh, could you like, if you had to right now, could you build a house from scratch? Like, do you? Have oh God, no. Okay, um, okay. I could. I mean, how many YouTube videos do I get to watch? <laughs> yeah, right. There no, the, the plumbing and electric probably have to contract that out. But I, yeah, I feel like I have a decent hand um, to figure out, you know, everything else to do. And that'd be so rewarding. Friends, I would want to help out too, and we we do it all together. So yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to get into your, your journey, your running story. We always start from the beginning. You wouldn't mind kind of sharing, how'd you get your oh, start yeah. in the sport? What did the beginning yeah. look like for you? Yeah. My, um, my parents both ran a little bit in high school, uh, back in the early seventies. Uh, you can actually look this up. My dad got last place in the state meet in uh, 1971 or two. I can't remember the <laughs> He was he was their fifth man at sectionals, fifth man at regionals, and this is back when there were thirty teams in the sectional, thirty teams in the regional. Okay. And I want to say like only sixteen or twelve teams made state. It was something really small. Mm -hmm. And then at the state finals, he was like their seventh man, and he got last. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mom ran in high school too, uh, and then they both uh, went to a small uh, NAIA school in Fort Wayne, uh, and that's where they met. Uh, but my mom continued to run uh, after I was born. She kind of picked it back up again. She was the real runner in the family. Okay. Uh, and, and she was she was coaching at the time, too. She started coaching in the early 80s. 
Um, I think she had a state runner up at one point or state champ in the two mile in the women's um, from Connorsville. But uh, I, this is a long, this is years before I was born. Uh, but yeah, so she was kind of my coach growing up. Uh, but really, I got into it because we would go with her to a 5k or a 10k or whatever. And I, I would always watch her. And eventually, I jumped into one. And I think I got Gatorade or something after I ran like it was like a 30 minute okay. that I ran. And I got so excited. I'm like, oh, do I get Gatorade after every time I go for a run? <laughs> and, and thus, like, my running career started from there, and so did my sugar addiction. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, continued to just just do it. I loved it. Um, I, I was pretty good at it at a, from a young age. Um, so winning winning's always fun. Uh, who doesn't like winning? Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, did the AAU circuit, USATF circuit growing up. And uh, – what really kind of sparked it was I ran in the, the USATF state meet uh, when I was 10. I, I don't know if I won or got second, whatever. I move on to the regional and my parents are like, Hey, the national meets in Eugene, Oregon. Like it's a pretty big running place. Uh, if you get top three, you qualify. We think you can do that. However, you have to break 530 in the 1500. And at the time I'm like, I have no, I don't even remember this, but that's what they told yeah. me. Like we'll only take you if you also run fast enough. Cause I think my parents didn't want me to make the meet and then like finish like last or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we ran the meet, I get second and like, I've gone back and looked, my time was 529.9. So my parents are like, Oh shit, we have to take them now. Uh, so <laughs> first, first time I ever got on a plane, I flew to Portland, Oregon and we drove down to Eugene, ran to my first national meet. Uh, and that's kind of where like I got to hear so much about the running history and just like started to get more ingrained into the sport, uh, continued throughout middle school, eventually got into high school. My, my mom was like, oh, hey, there's a school running camp you should go to if you want. And as a freshman, I was just like too scared, like to get out of my comfort zone to go. Mm -hmm. Then the next summer, oh, next summer, she was like, hey, you, you want to go to this camp this year? And I had made a friend and I was like, I'll go with him. He wanted to go too. It was the Indiana All-Star Running Camp put on by Kevin uh, and and McNulty. Uh, and that camp was the best summer of my life. The, the first year, second year, and third year that I went. And then eventually became a counselor uh, and did that for one year. But made a lot of memories. Met a ton of people that way, too, from Indiana. Uh, but, yes, continued running throughout high school. Uh, had a nice, good progression. Was able to get a, a couple offers, scholarship uh, to compete in college. And eventually made my way to Purdue. Uh, it was, it was good financially. It was gonna. I was gonna be. I knew I was gonna be able to have an opportunity to run varsity right as I got there. Um, and it was close enough to home, but far enough uh, at the same time where I wasn't, you know, gonna be going home every weekend or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. And then ran through college. Did a quick four years. Man, it, it flew by. Uh, definitely <laughs> wish I had one of those fifth years hanging around. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, graduated and, you know, right after I graduated, me and like all the seniors on the team were like, oh, let's let's run a marathon this fall. So like seven or eight of us signed up and either like half the guys didn't train, a couple of them got hurt and it wound up just being me running Indy that year, <laughs> uh, the full marathon. Uh, and then kind of just stuck to the roads for the next three years trying to qualify uh, for the Olympic trials, uh, missed it in the half by a little bit and then could never really put together uh, a full marathon. I've, I've run four. The Indy the first year was the only one I've ever run and completed without quitting or walking. How uh, many attempted? Four. Dropped okay, out of one. Four. 
yeah, dropped out of one, walked in two of them. And then that first one was the only one I have. It's, it's tough, man. It's, I don't care how mentally tough you are. If your body's like, no, not happening today. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, but yeah, been, been out here in Portland, Oregon, uh, moved out here in 2018. Uh, it's, it's a huge, uh, there's a huge running culture out here. A uh, lot of good places to run, a lot of great people. Uh, so it, it made the transition pretty easy to find a nice community out here. Literally all my friends run still, or they did in college. And that's, you know, the common denominator that we all had, like we're, we're different people than we were in high school and college, but we, yeah. we all kind of connect because we were runners at one time. And there's, a, there's that type of person that you just like can trust and they're friendly and, and fun. So yeah, for yeah. sure. We're, living it up out here in Portland, working on shoes and still running, man. That's awesome. Um, so going back kind of to the beginning, like when did it become your own? Like you kind of got into the sport, seeing your mom and like both your parents run. Yeah. Like when did it kind of like, okay, I actually enjoy this. This is actually my own thing. I would say around sixth or seventh grade, I want to say um, up until that point, we had gone to a few USATF national meets and kind of what I, I talked about earlier, like we would always go and then make a vacation out of it. That was like my family vacation was, all right, we'll go run this race. And then like, we'll stay in Orlando and we'll, and we'll go to Disney world after, or we'll go to, you know, whatever it was, wherever we were at. Uh, but that's when uh, I started running pretty well at that age. Uh, I want to say I was, I had run a 421, 1500 in seventh grade and, and nine nineteen three 3k. Uh, right. And at the time it was good enough to, to win those national meets. Uh, and, and so like at that point in my head, I kind of knew my path. I, I did play basketball for 13 years, uh, played in high school all the way through. Uh, and we can talk about that later. That's, I, I love basketball. That's my bread and butter. Uh, my grandpa played at IU. So we come from like a big basketball family. Cool. Yes, I know. I went to Purdue. There's a little bit of, a little bit of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So background in basketball, but really running is, is what took off. Um, and that's where I, I saw a future. I'm like, Oh, I can, I can get paid to do this. I can go to college. I can get my college paid for if I continue to do this and then it'll set me, set myself up for the future. Uh, I, I actually still have a note uh, somewhere in my room when I was considering quitting running uh, freshman year of high school, uh, I wasn't having a lot of fun. I wasn't really winning races. It was, it was a struggle of a year. And my mom was just like, just flat out, Hey, make a pros and cons list. Like if you stop running, what, how is your life going to be better? If you keep running, why is your life going to be better? Mm. Uh, cons of both. Uh, and just like thought about it for a week or two and stayed with it. So, uh, but yeah, definitely around seventh, seventh, eighth grade, middle school, um, was really when it, you know, kind of became my own parents, both got a little bit more involved. Dad would read, you know, running with the Buffaloes, Bowerman mm -hmm. in Oregon. I, I'm not a big reader myself, but he would read those books and he'd tell me all the stories and then I'd get all excited. Uh, my mom was my coach in high school for track and cross country as well. So we would take some of those workouts and apply them to my training plan. Uh, and just like my dad would think of something, I would think of something, we'd go do it. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of like a whole family affair. Uh, That's cool. A lot of fun. So did she coach the team as well or was it just you? Yeah, or? she, she coached the track team, um, for like 20 years. Uh, and then she only cro uh, coached the cross country team my sophomore year until like my junior year in college. So cross country only for like six years, but she, she distance background coached di distance on the track too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's friends, but yeah, I mean, I come from a pretty small school. There's not 
not a ton to work with there, not a ton of coaching. Yeah. So, so I, with parents who get their their kids into a certain sport like early on, I feel like it can kind of go like one or two ways. Like yep. you kind of crash and burn, you get too into it too early. Was there any of that type of dynamic, or was it pretty? Um, not not how you maybe like how a lot of people think it would be i think it'd be different if it were a a true team sport like basketball and and the coach is playing his son and his son should be on jv but he's on varsity and all the other kids and parents are getting mad there there wasn't anything like that or that kind of feeling of it uh my dad coached my basketball teams from kindergarten to eighth grade and then as soon as i got to high school he's like all right i'm done i am a spectator now i am your dad there's a coach out there. He's going to coach you. You listen to him. Um, and so like, because I think both my parents had coached for so many years prior to that in other sports uh, and in running, they kind of knew how to, how to balance like the parent and the, the coach relationship, how it was split. Like you come home, like, yeah, your, your mom's your coach and she's coming home with you, but it's like, yeah. we're not, we're not really talking about that anymore. You know? Yeah. Like, how, how was your day? How was your day, honey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's that's not easy to do. That's cool that your parents are. Yeah, able to they were they were great, super supportive of all my decisions, and um, really really good job raising me. I felt like looking back now, at least. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go to basketball. So, how what role did basketball play? How did you balance basketball? Oh, dude, and running at a high that was level? my cross training. That was my cross yeah. training for four <laughs> years. Um, in between cross country and track, like in high school, I, I would barely run. I think freshman year, sophomore year, I didn't run at all for four months. Um, like while the basketball season was going on, uh, at the end of freshman year, I want to say the last two or three games I started. Um, so just like kind of worked my way up. Uh, and then sophomore year, I want to say started like half the year and then came off the bench the other half of the year. And then junior year, uh, because running had been going so well, I was doing, you know, the postseason meets, uh, NXN, Foot Locker, and the coach was trying to be as fair as he could, but he was like, hey, look, like, you're missing the first four weeks of practice. I, I can't start you. It's You're going to have to, like, work your way up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if I ever started a game, and maybe, like, two games uh, junior year. And so in my head, I'm, like, kind of like, F this. This sucks. Like, I don't, I'm barely playing this year. Uh, so I spent a lot of my mornings uh, just ripping like four to six mile runs, um, like at like six minute pace before school. And so I was doing that for three or four months. And then, you know, we we lose, I, I want to say the sectional final my, my uh, junior year. And that next weekend, I was just like running on rage. I think I, I have this written down. I did like a 12 mile long run at like 540 pace. And I was just like, I don't even know what the hell got into me. I was just so mad. I was like ready for that season to be over. I was just, all I wanted to do was run fast that season. And it, it really took a while to happen. Uh, and, and we can talk about that later. But then, yeah, so fast forward, senior year. Uh, pre- I think I started every game except for the first game because, because of running. Like I missed the first few practices. Uh, but actually, my the coach that recruited me to run to Purdue uh, was a huge basketball fan himself, like the cross-country coach. And after I had already committed to run for him at Purdue, he was, he came and watched a game uh, during the regular season and then came and watched uh, my last game I played. Uh, we we won the our conference for the first time in like 30 years, and we won the sectional for the first time in like 42 years. And then the first game of the regional, we played Park Tudor. And their starting five, I want to I say, has 
had two NBA players on it now, like looking back and like one or two other guys who played D1. Yeah. And we, we were, we almost beat them. We were down four points with two oh, minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. We, we had a pretty good team. We were 21 and three that year. Um, but yeah, we scored, I think we scored three points the first quarter, which killed us. Um, yeah. But yeah, we were down four with two minutes to go. And then I think wound up getting beat by like eight. Uh, so that was the end of that. And the thing that kind of sucked for running at that point was I put so much time, energy, effort into basketball that senior season after I'd committed to running college that I had no base. I was barely running at all. I didn't really start running until April. And so, you know, having like six weeks leading up to the state tournament, it's just like not enough time yeah. to get the right training in. And I don't even think I meddled senior year uh, in track, but it was, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like that was some of the coolest, I mean, some of the most fun I ever had was like playing on that basketball team. Uh, I actually joined. I actually joined an open gym league out in Portland, only because a kid that was on my high school team moved out to Portland, and like I haven't I hadn't talked to him in like seven years. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey Tate, like you want to join this basketball league?" I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you live here?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm coming." So every yeah. Tuesday night, still play basketball every Tuesday night. That's cool. What yeah. uh, What's your game like? You point, guard, point guard. Point guard. I. What do you mean? Can I shoot? I'm from Indiana, man. Come That's on. Right. <laughs> there you go. Oh so, yeah, I'll. I mean, point guard, um, drive and dish a little bit. I don't, yeah. I don't take too many shots, but if I'm open, I'll shoot it. There you go. <laughs> That's the best kind of player. I was more of a defensive guy. Okay. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we were one of the best defensive teams in the, in the state that year. Like average, our like defensive average was like 41 points a game or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you follow like pro basketball and. I don't follow the, the pro scene as much. I, I follow college basketball a lot more. Um, I'm trying to get back into the pro stuff, uh, being in Portland, like becoming a Blazers fan, but oh, shit, yeah. we can barely make the playoffs like every other year. So it's just, it's tough to, to get so bad for Dame. Like he's, I know he's been so loyal yeah. to the city. Yeah. And he's like, like hell bent on not ever leaving. He's just like, we're going to do it. We're and I'm just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think you're a little delirious. <laughs> so when you did basketball, like, especially your senior year, were you like, I don't know, did you think about like, this is going to affect my track season or were you just like kind of in the moment? I, it was in the moment. I was, yeah. I didn't really care. I mean, I, I felt like I had proven myself in high school and I'd gotten a scholarship to run in college. I was like, you know what? Like, it's not like I had a chance. I wasn't going to win a state title. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, that's not happening. I'm realistic. You know, third is the same as 10th in my head, you know, like who, who cares? Um, so just put all the eggs in the basketball basket for, for that, uh, winter and spring. Yeah. So. Did you ever think about playing basketball in college? No, no. Okay. I, I, I didn't really play basketball except for those like four months in between cross country and track just because yeah. I knew running was going to be like that avenue for me going forward. Um, so just focus on basketball in, in the winter. Okay. Uh, what was your training like in high school? Is there any like key workouts you liked or anything you I mean, about it? The, the thing that I know now that I, let's just stick with this. What I, what I know now, and obviously hindsight's 2020 and literally everything. Yeah. I, I trained way too hard. Um, mm -hmm. I would do five mile tempos at like five ten pace. And, and I'm just like, and I'm like, looking back, I'm like, that's literally a race. I would race once a week, like on a Tuesday and then go have a meet on Saturday. Like, yeah, you get super fit, but you also get super tired at the same time. 
And it's like, go do four or five by mile at like 445 to 450. It's like, did not need to be running that fast in high school. All you need to do is run 50 to 60 miles a week, get one, one and a half workouts in, very controlled, rip on the weekends and you'll be fine. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, it can be a science and yeah, like a lot of people look at it like that, but at the end of the day, the way I understand running now is if you stay healthy, you stay consistent, you well, get your sleep and you're running the right amount of miles and doing workouts. It literally does not matter what you do. As long as you just stay healthy and run, you will get to where you need to be. Like some people think you have to do tempo runs or you have to do fart licks. You have to do this like speed stuff. And like, yeah, you need a variation of course, mm -hmm. but is there going to be a difference if you do a seven mile tempo and a six mile tempo or a fart lick instead of a tempo? No, you're just like, just don't tire yourself out. You just want to be, you want to be fresh more often than not. Um, For sure. People make it too complicated. I think. <laughs> I I yeah I totally agree with that. I think the like the cultural piece like getting especially like a, like a high school setting like getting the kids to buy yeah. in and be engaged with the team. I think that's yeah. like way more important. In high but, school, it's just like you want to be you want them to have fun, running fast. You have fun when you run fast and you win and there's a team and you know I you're at Carmel and you were at Fishers. You were you're at programs that have been able to sustain that over time. Um, but all those other schools that don't have that success, it's not because there's not 2000 or 4,000 kids in their school. It's just, there's no culture that has been built to maintain that. And really at the end of the day, all it is, is getting, you know, five to 10 guys who are willing to go put in 50 miles a week together, week over week. Most people don't think they can do that. Don't want to do that. Don't want to take the time to work into doing that. Um, but it's really like not that hard to go break 17 in the 5k. All you have to do is just run six days a week, do it for a couple of years and it will literally just happen. Yeah. I mean, obviously easier said than done. Yeah. There's, Correct. A, there's a reason Correct. You know, that, that, no, that people don't do it, but yeah, that, I mean, you still got, you got to put in the work and that's what I love about yeah. running. It's, it's like the biggest metaphor for life. It's like whatever you put into running, you're going to get out of it. You don't, you don't get lucky. You don't, yeah, sure. Some people are a little bit more talented than others, of course, but what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. There's no real shortcuts. Yeah, for sure. And I like the, I'm like pretty simple when it comes to training as well. So I, I like that. Yeah. Take on it, you know? Yeah. No need, to, no need to overthink it really. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, do you have like an accomplishment in high school that you're, you're most proud of or maybe a memory that really sticks out to you? Yeah, uh, definitely junior year cross country and, and track. Um, those those two like stand out the most to me. I think the moment that sparked it uh, was semi-state though. Do you, are you guys still have semi-state or are you guys getting rid of that? Uh, next know? year it'll be gone. It'll be gone. Okay. Uh, but semi-state my sophomore year was the first race where I, I can like remember looking back like, oh man, I blacked out. I don't remember how that race happened. <laughs> like and it's it's those moments when you completely you're you're in this like um transcended like state in your mind where you you don't recall what happened because you were so much in the zone. Uh I think I got third at semi state that year behind Scott Vicenzi and, and Footsum. And those guys wound up getting first and third at state that year. Mm -hmm. Uh I, I want I think I wound up getting 42nd because I was so freaking nervous, like 
pooping my pants before the no not actually but nice. like scared, so scared going into that race for some reason uh even though it's like no like i should have the mentality like look i belong here i can i can be top 10 i can be top 15 like no i just got scared ran scared the whole time uh but that moment being able to get third semi state kind of opened my eyes like oh wow like i i can do this uh so then the next year uh i think i, I qualified for state and my mentality going into the race was like, right, you're going to go out kind of easy and just move up the entire race. And I think I was maybe like 50th at the mile. And then by, by two miles, I was in the, like that, that front pack. And then somewhere between two miles and 4k, I was just like, I didn't even pick it up. I was just like still running the same pace. Mm. And like this wind just hit everyone. There was like 30 mile per hour winds that year. It was like 2010. All of a sudden I was like in the lead. And like Footsum like just like looks over and he's like, what the hell? And he doesn't say this, but like I could tell he's like, wait, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and then he just takes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then wound up getting fifth that day. But I, I don't remember the last like 1500 meters of that race, just mm-hmm. completely blacked out. Didn't know what place I got until like my friends were like jumping up and down afterwards. Got So I got fifth. Uh, and then that spring, uh, I did not qualify for state in track i had to wait uh, there was two rain delayed meets that night out of the eight regionals uh and they take three at at large bids like the next three fastest times mm-hmm. and after the first night i was sitting on the last spot because i got fourth at regionals didn't make it and i'm like oh man like i'm the last one in right now they're they're gonna rerun two races the next day so i had to wait mm-hmm. and no one ran faster so i i got the 27th spot in the race and so going in I'd only broken 930 once in my life. I ran 929 indoors as a sophomore. Uh, And so I'd run like 933 to 935 all year. And I'm like, all right, 920, go run 70s the entire race. Mm -hmm. And start off, gun goes off. I'm in last, I think, for the first kilometer. But I come through the mile in 440. I had run 70, 70, 70, 70. And then start to catch another pack, another 70, another 70. And then I run a 69, my penultimate lap. And I was in about 10th or 11th at that point. And then don't remember anything, run a 59 and get fourth, I think. Um, And so that race just like floodgates open. I was just like, oh, wow, like I can actually do this and I I can go to college for this. I can go compete in college. And I think that's why I started getting a lot of calls that summer, doing a lot of college visits. And that really was like, all right, the confidence was then there and, that whole summer I was like, yeah, I can beat foot. So I'm like, I, I can, I have a chance. Like, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. no one had a chance. Yeah. Uh, I can remember closing all my workouts that summer. I would, I would practice that surge. Uh, my college coach would call it like a twist, uh, but it's essentially you, you have to practice being able to go with a move. Uh, so maybe you're running like K repeats or something. And it's controlled. Let's say you're running just slower than race pace. So come through the 800 and then from 800 to a thousand meters, you surge and you hold that surge for 200 meters. Cause that's how Footsum would drop people. He would just surge hard for like a minute or two, the field would be dropped. And then he just like kind of cruise in. And so my mindset was you have to learn how to do that to be able to go with his move and hopefully like hold on longer than him. But Clearly no one in the country could do that, but yeah. it was worth like thinking, you know, I had a chance to, to at least attempt it. Yeah. What was it like being in Footsum's class? Like, is it something you like thought about or, you, you know, like at the time 
and I, it was good. It was really good because I think he rose. The, he really rose the level of competition in Indiana. I think because of him, he was like the like the floodgates just just opened up after him, and everyone started running faster. Uh, because once someone can do it, it, it gives everyone else the belief that they can do it too. Uh, and, and so I think you saw, you know, I haven't paid too much attention to, to the high school running scene. Uh, and since I left Indiana, like four or five years ago, uh, obviously, you know, like Matthias and like, I, I know like the top one or two guys and girls, but, um, you know, it's, it's gotten pretty crazy over the recent years, like seeing some of these times that kids are running. Yeah. It's nuts. And it's, it's not because it's, yeah, the shoes help, but it's not just because of the shoes. It's, it's this belief and mm-hmm. access to information now and, and if other people can do it, why can't they? And, and having that confidence. Um, so it's it's a lot of things just like playing into that. But I, I do really think having Footsome uh, in Indiana just helped Indiana running grow like across like countrywide, not not countrywide, but like the country like saw Indiana now and sees Indiana as like a hotbed for uh, distance running. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cole actually just beat his like 3200 record, which is like insane. Yeah. His- I'm like two years behind you, like two grades behind you. Yep. And like also was in high school and Footsome was in high school. And it's just like crazy to think about someone being anywhere like close to how the, good he was. The record, the stupid one that got broken was the Terre Haute one. Yeah. It broke by like 20 seconds. And I'm like, how is that even possible I don't, like by a high school kid to run that time on that course? I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Because Cole was also in that race, and I think he got fourth, and he broke his yeah, record as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Qualified for NXN and got like third or fourth at NXN. Like I, I went and watched the race. It was pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, and then he he won he won Foot Locker, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah they got fourth Ooh. or fifth at NXN. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that Crazy. was. It wasn't even like it was an okay day, but they just. I don't know. That was insane. insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. What was it like growing up like pretty close to Ohio? Like, did you feel a part of Indiana or did, did I what? Did you oh, feel yeah. Like- yeah. I mean, I grew up maybe like six miles from the state line. I was born in Ohio. That was the closest hospital. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, grew up in Indiana my whole life, went to Indiana high schools. Uh, we got Cincinnati uh, TV stations, though. So that was always like a little <laughs> weird. Uh, but yeah, no, still feel pretty connected with Indiana, like the whole time growing up. IU, IU fan for the first 17 years of my life uh, <laughs> and then went to Purdue. So that was like, I, I didn't feel really at home though at Purdue until my junior year. It was just, just an odd feeling still being there. Like you grew up a fan of one school for your whole life and then you go to the, the yeah. rival school. It, just, it, it took a little while to feel right. Yeah. Um, but I'm no no changes that I would make, no regrets. I love where I went, would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Did something happen to make the, the transition or was it just like took time? I think it just took time. Um, and I, I started running better um, my junior year too uh, on, on the track. Uh, it, just, it, it took a while to get uh, some college races under me and a mentality change and figuring out just how to run fast in college and compete with guys who are you know 22 23 years old just took some time yeah for sure um so you you had like written the out the pros and cons of running was that when you were in high school is that oh yeah like this was like half a lifetime ago i don't even know what's on it on the on the note it's it's Uh back home 
in, a, in some some drawer some yeah. tucked away somewhere so did did any of those thoughts ever come back whether like it'd be like tough times um, in college or no I, ne I never thought like about quitting or anything uh, I, it was just something tough that you had to work through uh I mean looking back now running is a part of my life it's always been a part of my life it always will be a part of my life in my personal life and professional career uh working in the footwear industry uh working on running products uh it's it kind of surrounds my whole life but at the same time I still have a life outside of running um but you know talking about running is fun I don't do it as much as I used to yeah, uh, I don't coach or anything. I would love to. I would love to retire, you know, in 20 years and, and become a college coach somewhere. Not necessarily like D1 or anything, just like just coaching, uh, yeah. just being able to have that influence on people and, and teaching uh, and just showing honestly, like at the end of the day, just teaching people and showing them the importance of community uh, and, and finding those people that you can rely on, that you can have fun with. It just it makes life a lot better. You're not lonely um yeah it sure. it's incredible it, it's been it's a for, running has afforded me so many opportunities that I didn't even know were possible when I was writing that pros and cons list freshman year so I'm, I'm really glad I stuck with it yeah running is like the maybe the ideal like sport to do with people or like I don't know like you can go play basketball or volleyball or stuff with people yeah. but like you can like run and talk and like hang it's, out I don't know. it's it's social hour honestly for us yeah. uh, everyone out in Portland, uh, a lot of people work at the sportswear companies, a lot of runners out here, but it's like, oh, noon, like, let's go hit a run over lunch, go for an hour. Everyone's just like chit-chatting, catching up over the weekend or what plans they got going on. But all of a sudden, like that hour just flies by. You just got a great workout in, you get to stay fit and you just get to catch up with people. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know why more people don't run, honestly. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's so easy too. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, right from your door, man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, what did you study at Purdue? And like what when you're at Purdue, what did you think you'd be doing after college? Yeah. Uh I, I went to school for an account accounting degree because I liked numbers in high school and I wasn't <laughs> smart enough to be an engineer, uh, like half the team was. Uh <laughs> I also wanted to sleep in college, which they did not get to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, so I went for an accounting degree and then that kind of morphed uh into just a general business management and marketing degree. Uh, I from, I followed like the exact same path. That's hilarious. Wait, really? <laughs> I, I studied I studied actuarial science my freshman year. Oh wow! Because I like <laughs> uh, <laughs> debatable. Because uh, I like enjoyed numbers and business and whatever. But then I switched to business management my sophomore year. So yeah, it's it was chill. You I mean obviously college take it for what it is. But like yeah, I felt like five courses I took maybe actually applied to the real world. Um, but once you get out there, you figure out what you like, what you don't like, and what influence you can have on a company. And go in college, you know, at the time, I was like, oh, I want to try and get one of these Nike internships. It'd be so cool to work for Nike. Mm -hmm. Never heard back. They get thousands of those uh, people to, you know, apply for that, and you never hear back. Uh, and so I, I was able to get an internship. I knew uh, from like other guys on the team who had older brothers, they're like, Oh yeah. You like, you want to get an internship. It'll set you up to get a full-time role after college. So my junior year, I was able to get a job at dish network out in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so I was able to train at altitude right before senior year cross country season, oh, cool. which was incredible. Uh, but yeah, I did that and then got a full-time offer, accepted that marketing specialist role, uh, in Denver, uh, right after I graduated, moved out a couple months, you know, after May, 
uh and dude it was like the worst experience of my life really? yeah my so both my parents were teachers uh and they had only ever taught they they have no they had no idea what the business world professional world was like outside of the school system mm-hmm. uh and so my my dad actually only had one job ever he his first teaching job and coaching job at one school he was there for 31 32 years never wow. left that school system first and only job and so he's like, well, you get this job, like it's, it's good paying, like they have benefits, like, you know, you do this for a while, you know, if you want to leave, that's fine. But like, like maybe you'll retire with this job. It's like, no, hell no. I was there <laughs> six months. It was terrible. Um, what was so terrible about it? Dude, I, my, my boss quit like a week once I started after I started to go like take their dream job at St. Jude hospital doing some marketing for them. Uh, so then I reported directly into a director who I got to see for 10 minutes once a week. Uh, and so I don't know what I'm doing. No one's telling me what to do. I'm not, I have to be in the office for 40 hours a week. So I would work for like six hours a, a week and just sit there and play computer games the rest of the time. And I was bored out of my mind. So I'm just like, this is, this sucks. This cannot be what like the real world is. Yeah, right. um, so I quit. Uh, moved back to Indiana, uh, actually, because me and a buddy had this crazy idea to, to start a business, like right before I actually left for Denver. Uh, and I kind of wanted to see that through to see if it was still a possibility. So moved back to Indiana, uh, became like a volunteer assistant for the cross country team uh, for that uh, spring season while trying to figure out this business thing was going to work, uh, was able to actually get some funding for it, found a location uh, got a recipe and then opened up a donut shop on Purdue's campus uh, in the summer of 2017. And then did that for about a year. Uh, and that, so that next spring, 2018, I was actually running in the Boston Marathon, had qualified from Indianapolis like a year and a half prior. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I'm there, uh, there's this, um, there was this smaller running brand at the time and they had one store and it was called the track house uh, by Tracksmith. And so I had heard of it. I had one of their singlets or something. And so I wanted to check it out. I'm like, Oh, like this place looks so cool. Like I want to go in and I go in, talk to a few people. I think I buy a shirt or something. And they're like, Oh, have you heard of the competition that's happening with the Boston marathon? I'm like, no, what's up? They're like, okay. So the first person who finishes the Boston marathon and then runs, it was like, 0.7 miles, I want to say, like almost three fourths of a mile, their store from the finish line. Whoever finishes the marathon and then runs to our store wins, like, wins this robe uh, and this like, just general accolade of, like, you know, first to the track house. Okay. And so on my hand, I had written it down in permanent marker under my glove just in case, like, I forgot. Uh-huh. Um, that was a really shitty year when it was like 30 mile per hour winds, rain uh like like 34 degrees uh and so whole race pretty much like a blur uh but i finish and literally like 20 seconds after i cross the line i grab a gatorade and i'm like oh shit i gotta get out of here grab my medal <laughs> grab my medal and this the shoots like i don't know two three hundred meters long i'm like i i don't know like where everyone else is at there's got to be other people running there so I start hopping fences and the first <laughs> fence I'm like straddling it out of nowhere, like four or five cops just like swarm around me and just start like oh, berating me. Like so, well, security's like pretty intense because yeah. of the bomb, like a couple of years prior. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm just like, I, I got to get out of here. I 
<laughs> so they, they let me go and then like hop another fence and then I run into the to track house and then and I'm, I'm the first one and everyone just like starts cheering and yelling uh and I, I probably talked to like 50 people the rest of the day there and and that experience in Boston kind of reminded me like oh my god like I had been putting everything I had into this business all my time all my energy was barely running at the time leading up to that race. And I, I kind of had this realization. I was like, oh my God, like running is such a big part of my life. And it hasn't, I, I don't even know if running is a part of my life anymore. And I, and I still want it to be. Uh, and so that's when I made the decision to sell the business to someone else. And I was able to get a job uh, as a medical device sales rep out in Portland, Oregon. So I was like, I want to move to Oregon. I want to work it in the sportswear industry. Uh, and there's a ton of runners out there. Like, I just want to get involved in that community. And so made that leap, been here, you know, almost five years now. Uh, but yeah, since then, uh, did a stint at Nike for two and a half years, all on contract. Uh, it's, it's so hard, so hard to get a full-time role there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least in marketing product creation, uh, you know, it's, those are like the really sought after roles, um, the, the the, uh, the shiny you know glamorous ones and it's just so many people go after them and it's tough to get uh so i had a couple contracts and then after my second contract was up i was unemployed for like the fourth time of my life i'm like ah oh, whatever like been been doing this before uh and so i was able to actually then get a full-time role uh, at lululemon uh doing some product testing there and consumer insights work so that's that's where i'm at that's cool uh where is the where was or is the donut shop uh, it was in, oh man, Chauncey Square. Do you know where that is? Yeah, for sure. So it was in there. Uh, it has since moved, I think, now over to Lafayette on Main yeah. Street. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole, like, the the unique selling point of it was there's a donut shop a block away from campus because the next closest shop was five miles away. Yeah. Uh, 50,000 students, like, there should be able to be a donut shop that they can just walk to and go buy a donut for a dollar so yeah that's cool what, what was the other really good one in lafayette it was like uh mary lou's mary lou's yeah 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 they came out with a donut truck and set it up on campus like no the way. week after we opened uh but yeah there was like a little semi-rivalry like uh spurring yeah. up at that time but I, I don't even care anymore <laughs> yeah um so i also saw that you're working with what portland track as well yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of left that out earlier. Uh, in during eighth grade, uh, I actually seventh or eighth grade. I can't remember. No, it was eighth grade. Uh, I ran in one of the USATF cross country national meets and at the award ceremony, there was this guy there handing out these cards for a track meet in Portland that was going to happen that May or June. And my mom was able to get one of them and she read it and she was like, Hey, do you want to do this? Like the school year will be over. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we, you know, made a vacation out of it again and came out to Portland and ran in this this hyped up middle school mile uh, that was going down. And it was the first ever Portland Track Festival. Uh, so ran that. I, I think I got second. Um, I ran like 438, I want to say. Uh, and in middle like, school? Yeah. There was like 20 middle school kids that like broke five, though. It was it was pretty insane at the time. I mean, this is 15 years ago yeah. when that just like really didn't happen that often. Um, but yeah, so I did that. And then when I moved back out here 10 years after that meet, uh, I contacted the the guy and I was like, Hey, 
I don't know if you remember me. I actually ran in the middle school mile. Well, his daughter was in the girls race. So he was like coordinating and all. So he he was like, oh yeah, I remember you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was like, I want to help out. Like, how can I volunteer to help out with the organization? And he was just like, hey, come to the next board meeting. We'll hear, you know, everything that you want to do. What do you want to help out with? And was able to join the board uh, and then got to become meet director for Stumptown Twilight, which is like the, the little brother meet to Portland Track Festival. Okay. Uh, and so did that for a few years and the, the, um, the president at the time, his name's Craig Rice. He actually just stepped down, uh, this past year cause he, he moved to San Francisco, uh, and had to, to play a bigger part in his uh, company that he was with. Um, so he, he left the organization, uh, back in December. Uh, and now I have kind of stepped into the role of meet director for Portland Track Festival this year. Dang. Yeah, That's super awesome. exciting year. Um, we're hoping to make it a World Athletics Silver Meet. Um, hoping to get a little more funding, uh, have a beer garden, food trucks, make it a lot of fun for for a two-day event. So yeah, that's cool. How much time are you spending on that? Uh once like January hits, it's it's maybe like five hours a week until March. And then it just like keeps ramping up and ramping up. And then once May rolls around, it's like kind of like a part-time job and then the week of the meet it's like a, it's like a 60 hour hour week just like on that so you gotta, gotta take a few vacation days from work to, to make it happen but it's dude it's so worth it um, cool. i love doing it love you know giving back and also i i genuinely just like being around track and and watching people run fast and and pro hopefully like providing opportunities uh for kids and, and pro athletes to do that uh, right in our backyard so yeah absolutely uh, where do you want to go in like the sportswear world? Do you have, do you want to be at Lulu for a while or do you have plans for the future? It's, it's a really exciting place to be right now. I mean, we just came out with our first shoe about a year ago. Uh, our men's line is coming out next year. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of cool stuff in the works. It's just going to take, an, you know, another year or two to really, I think, make a splash mm -hmm. um, nationally and internationally. Uh, but Lulu as a company is, is actually like doing insane right now. Um, they just reported and we had our earnings call uh, yesterday or two days ago and, and the stock went crazy and went up like 15% in one day. Um, yes. Yeah, it's Lulu's a really good place to be. Apparel's like leading the charge right now. We're hoping footwear in the next couple of years will really um, support the business as a whole. Uh, but, you know, I, I could see myself uh, staying in, in the product creation realm. Uh, I'm on the wear testing consumer insights team right now. Uh, so I don't, I don't design shoes. I don't build shoes. I get uh, the, the consumer in touch with the shoe and I get, you know, their perception of the shoe, wearing the shoe, get that feedback and then give that feedback to the developer who then makes the shoe. And then they'll do an iteration. I'll get that prototype, give it to the person, they'll test it again and then get that feedback back. Uh, but, you know, I'd love to get more involved with the product creation process by becoming like a product line manager. Uh, if not that, then being in the in the marketing side of things uh lulu is not super performance based in in the sense of like sport per se they're more of like that fitness athleisure brand uh whereas a nike is when at all costs like very performance oriented and and i definitely empathize a little more with that consumer uh so you know going back to nike isn't out of the question and if i were to do that it would hopefully be like in a sports marketing or brand marketing type role uh, within like the running realm too. I don't see myself really leaving running. Uh, it's just, it, it would be tough to get, you know, a basketball role or a tennis role. It's like, 
there's people that know way more about that stuff than I do. So why wouldn't, you know, they should get the job over me easily. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what about being out in Portland? How's that? Does it feel like home yet? How's yeah, de definitely. I mean, I've been living in this house for almost three years now. Um, yeah, yeah the, the city has its ups and downs for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's better than what, you know, the news says. Um, it's, yeah, homeless is an issue here, but it's not like people are going around like just like killing random people all the time or anything. Or yeah, like, yeah, someone will be in my backyard like collecting my cans, and it's like that's like the worst thing that happens. Yeah, it's it's not the end of the world, and there's not even that many people. But yeah, it rains a lot in the winter, but also it's it's not zero degrees here. It's always like between forty and fifty degrees in the winter. Um, yeah, it's a little gray, but because we have so much rain everything around you is green like nothing's like yeah there's some trees that are dead for the winter but like most of the ferns and the moss and then the evergreen trees it's it's still green i i live a mile from forest park five seven minutes to get up there and like trails there's a 31 mile trail uh there's an 11 mile dirt road literally like i can drive there in two minutes from my house uh, and it's technically in the city like yeah, it's it's honestly pretty tough to beat. And then I don't know where a better place to be to spend your summers than the Pacific Northwest. Seriously, yeah. there's no humidity, no bugs. Like it's it's awesome, man. Absolutely. Um, I lived in Baltimore for a year, like a year ago. Yeah, um, I'll get similar ish city that like gets a lot of like really bad, like like negative publicity. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like, I don't know. It's like every other city. It kind of depends where you go. In the yeah, city. it depends on what part of town you live in, too. Yeah, know? for sure. And I also, like, I worked in a pretty rough area. Um, but similar, like, to what you said, like, people aren't just going around shooting random people. Yeah. You know, like, it's, a lot of it is premeditated, as sad as that yeah. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, like, going to these places that get such yeah. negative. I mean, the, the bad things you hear 90 some percent of it is because someone's mentally ill or they're on drugs and they're stabbing someone else who's on drugs <laughs> yeah. Like yeah that's like every other day it's it's that same story um, yeah it's such yeah, a huge like, that, right? <laughs> yeah, such a complicated issue like it's yeah. man there's just so many facets to it yeah. I have a marketing degree. I'm not going to give my, yeah. take that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to solve the problem. Right. I'm not <laughs> Yeah, true. Um, and then running. So you're planning to, you're going to try to qualify for. Yeah. Just get, get healthy, keep chugging away. I'll honestly, it's either going to be Chicago or India again this year. Um, Chicago's can sometimes be kind of hot, but I, I want to do another major uh, after Boston. I would love to hit, you know, all of them eventually, but Indy, Indy's tried and true. I've done the half there once I've done the full there twice. Love going back to Indianapolis being at home um seeing some old college buddies high school friends too so would yeah we'd love to hit a full marathon in the fall but you know until then just get the miles in get healthy yeah chill have a few beers kick back enjoy the summer there you go <laughs> love it yeah just don't take life too seriously just like live it up right now i have like i'm i feel like i'm very lucky in the fact that i have no other responsibilities right now like i don't have a wife i don't have a girlfriend i don't have a dog like I'm just, I'm just taking care of myself, like doing my thing and it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure like that you won't be in that spot forever. So like you said, no, like, no, it's, it's, it's like live it up while you are, you know, yeah. that, that kind of attitude, enjoy every moment you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
we could probably talk for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, is there anything else that you, I don't know, any big moments or anything that we missed along the oh, way? Man. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't, and it feels weird. Like, I don't want to like, <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't talk about this. No. Yeah, how'd you not know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I feel like I've, I've kind of hit on a lot of stuff. Some, some special high school moments, some special college moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, I, I love running, man. It's, it's like I said before, it's afforded me a lot of opportunities that otherwise would not have been available. Um, literally everyone I know in my life and interact in my life is because of running. Uh, and it's not because I go running with those people necessarily, but running has like made me, you know, jump from spot to spot and end up, you know, finally where I am and I love where I am and I wouldn't change a thing about that. Uh, so I guess like for anyone listening, I'm just like, keep doing what you're doing. Keep running. If you can, like not everyone has that opportunity. Uh, I'm like, if, if you're healthy and you're thinking about get, going and getting a run in, just go do it. You know? There we go. I think that's a great way to end. Um, it was awesome. It was like us getting to know each other. So it was cool. Yeah, no, this is, this is great, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to be here. Awesome. Well, everybody, until next time, we'll see you. Thank you.